Mucklow. Hi, I'm Micah Gibbs. And we'd like to welcome you to the prequel for a podcast we're considering launching that we're most likely going to call Baseball Decoded. Now, I'll start off by setting the table. Uh, I'm a golf coach. Micah played professional baseball. And now we find ourselves sitting inside the most technologically advanced bat science lab on planet Earth built here on campus at Marucci Sports in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, called the Baseball Performance Lab. Micah, maybe you could talk for a couple of seconds about what the heck you were doing before we went for ramen about 14 months ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was actually uh, on staff at LSU uh, here in Baton Rouge and was doing a myriad of things and was in a myriad of different positions. Uh, all baseball related. All baseball related. Uh, mostly hitting related would help a little bit with some uh, pitching stuff for our pitching coach but pretty much everything I was being paid to do was uh, based around hitting uh, with some uh, supplementary income from camps yeah <laughs> but uh, everything that we had that we were doing was based around helping our hitters get better uh, but also trying to figure out what we could do to give them all the tools that they needed as well and also not actually use them. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, on this day two years ago, as Facebook reminded me, I was actually in a hotel room in Beijing, China, on my way to Seoul, Korea, to do robot testing on golf equipment. One year ago today, I was getting ready to uh, catch a flight to get back out to my regular job on the PGA Tour. And, you know, our paths have crossed ultimately on a quest to try and learn if the bat makes a difference for the hitter in baseball, I would say, in its simplest form. So we've been on this journey for close to a year. We've had the opportunity to uh, you know, have successes and failures in bat prototype design, I would say. Uh, we've been able to enter into multi-year bat fitting agreements where we've been recruited by two of the top organizations in the MLB. We've got a I don't even know how many professional players come through here. And, you know, we've really started to realize that, I guess, accidentally in some cases, we've been challenging a lot of the preconceived notions about baseball. So we thought it might be good to share some of the findings and some of the failures and talk to some of the people along the way to see what we can uncover. Hence, baseball decoded. So, for those of you that don't know Micah, you know, he's big into conspiracy theories. This and, is true. And I'll set the table. We're recording this prequel. Uh, it is April 16th, 2020, so mid-COVID uh, virus lockdown, just to try and put this into uh, context for a later date. While we don't want to talk about that, I would like to know what what's the, what's the biggest hitting specific conspiracy that you think there is right I think, now? Honestly, it's a dual conspiracy in that heavier bats go further and lighter bats swing faster. Ooh, okay. All right. So, uh, well, I'll go back to, you know, I definitely the, you know, the heavy bat thing I've heard since day one. You know, everyone I see, you know, they're always like, oh, yeah, bat fitting, right? Heavy bats go faster. So what's the, uh, how do you think that's a conspiracy? What's the, what's the deal? How do we uncover that? Uh, well, we uncover 
uh, or we figure out the answer through uh, our testing, which we've seen uh, probably over 50 MLB players in our spring training uh, time, and then probably seen about another 20, 25 professional players that have come through the lab. Um, and we've seen just a myriad or just a, a bunch of different results uh, from players going heavier to lighter to different changes in where that weight is located. Um, but I think where we've got, where we've kind of come to that conclusion is that everybody kind of looks at the, the, the force uh, equation and thinks that it, the heavier the weight in the bat, the further I'm going to be able to hit it. But also the lighter the bat is, I'm going to swing it faster. So I think people have kind of gone both ways and trying to figure out how to optimize that, but nobody's ever actually quantified it. All right, so let's see, how many, I'm pretty sure you're the most experienced bat fitter in the world, because, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of, I'm going to say I do bat fitting design. I'm not, you know, right. I'm not so much in there getting my not hands dirty, because I don't, I don't speak baseball very well, as you guys are going to learn. <laughs> um, so I, I want to know, okay, what's the, can you, anecdotally, you know, without naming names, can you talk to me about a time where you saw let's say like a big strong guy that would have done way better with a smaller bat yes uh actually so we there's a player that we had um in spring training as you said won't when, mention there names, training. when there was a spring training yeah, right yeah, yeah. and uh he actually had he was swinging a 34 32 and a half, which is pretty rare uh, in professional baseball. Usually the guys that are swinging 34s are going to be 32 ounces or lighter. So it's head, it, was, uh, it, was it was pretty unloaded, a little, okay. little heavier, a uh, little more towards the end. Well, now what, talk and, to me about the player size. Uh, oh, guy, yeah. So uh, he was probably 6'5", 260. Okay, so little guy. So, yeah, yeah tiny. Yeah, yeah, little right, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, was it like fast, slow? Does he have an arm on him? What kind of player is he? Uh, he so he's more of a corner outfielder, uh, probably above average speed, uh, arm strength. I believe is uh, is pretty good from so what we were told by the team. So he's a dude. Pretty then, yeah, like basically. pretty yeah. Oh yeah, he's right. a he's a pretty big prospect for their team, and um, he always wanted more of a, a an inloaded bat feel. I think because people had told him, hey, you're a bigger, stronger guy. You need a bigger, yeah, you're big heavier enough to bat. Swing this. Yeah, you're big Ergo, enough, and it's just like. It's just like how we see the progression, even in, in youth, and all the way going through professional baseball. Where so it's what, what happened in the what happened in the fitting then? Oh, so in the fitting, we go through all of our fitting bats and his best uh, barrel speed, time to contact, exit velocity, distance. Everything was with a lighter bat with more weight towards the hands. Okay, still thirty-four inches. Still thirty-four inches. Okay, all right, so. We actually went and we went down in weight with it. So I think so. The anomaly then, if I if I try to look through that, we would would I be correct if traditionally we would assume, you know, a faster time to contact. Correct. Because it's lighter. Yes. Uh, the anomaly would be an increasing exit velocity with the lighter bat. Correct. Right. Okay. Uh, can you think of is there now on the flip side? Have there been is there been an instance where, you know, you see the exact opposite? Yes, and I think okay. um, I, I think we see a few more of those than of the uh, the previous example, uh, but we've had a few guys. One of which I've had uh, I've I've known the player uh, for a few years now, and if you would have before everything that we've kind of learned and researched and studied, 
I would I would have probably lost a pretty big bet on this one. On, on what um, bat would be best? On for what them, bats would be bet, best okay, for this player? Okay, so so uh, are they playing MLB or pro ball? Uh, pro ball. Okay. Yeah. Uh, played Minor div, leagues. Div one, I'm assuming. Hot, very big Division one school. Okay. All right. What ty- and again, what type of player are we talking about here? We're talking about a catcher. Okay. Um, good arm. Uh, speed doesn't matter at that position yeah, as much. Yeah, that was um, good for you, huh? I, my, I was so fast. It, <laughs> no, so yeah. fast I never had to use it. Right, they usually, uh, they usually use the sundial for my 40 time. But, uh, yeah, so this player was always kind of known as more of a line drive hitter, get on base, not a ton of power, not a ton of exit velocity. And yeah, sounds like a catcher. Yeah, Right, well, it's a little it. discriminatory, but I know, I, know. I won't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mike was a catcher yeah. at LSU, yes. uh, by the way. So. Yes, yes. Very fast, Back very right. athletic, very in shape. <laughs> yeah. None of those apply anymore. Small calves. Uh, yeah, small calves. <laughs> so, <coughs> so, uh, <coughs> so this player comes in, and of course, we go through the fitting. And in my head, I'm like, I'm telling Johnny, the guy helping out too, that I'm like, yeah, this is what he's gonna go with. Like, I'm like, I already know this guy. Like, this is what it's gonna be. And of course. We go through the, the, the testing, and he actually picks up uh, picks up some barrel speed and, and picks up exit speed. The launch gets way more consistent. With the green bat? And that's with the green bat, with so an inloaded bat, not to mention he actually goes a half inch longer. Really? Yeah, which wow. for me was super surprising. Um, hmm. And I think that was where it was a kind of a case of, and what we see a lot of, or that I've seen a lot of even just kind of going through stuff here in the lab and you get these kids that they try to match up their aluminum bat to a wood bat when they mm. first get start playing right and a lot of times that ends up being too light the wood bats too light yes huh. and that's for a whole another reason if we want to get into that yeah what get into the BPI stuff well, the aluminum actual physical static oh, weight versus well, you, the label oh yeah you mean like okay yeah so that's sort of like how your lie and loss of your brand new clubs is not what it says on the website. Yes. Yeah. There we yeah. go. We'll uh, we'll dive deeper into that. I'm pretty sure some of the listeners know what we're talking about there. Um, all right. So here's you know another couple of questions. Obviously, we want to keep this short. It's really just you know setting the table for a lot of the long form podcasts. They'll range you know between 40 and an hour and 20. Uh, you know we've been doing some crazy shit for a while now. Um, biggest surprise you've had since leaving LSU most surprising thing that's happened whether it's with a bat a person a player the experience overall building a facility I would say player customer parent the whole thing buy-in in the time that it's happened hmm. the amount of people that we have uh, fit the amount of people that we've uh, provided services for and the amount of time that we've done it has been unbelievably impressive. Uh, I think less than six months ago, there was still concrete in here and no turf. Um, <laughs> True story. And within that six months, we've signed two MLB teams to contracts to exclusively work with them in each each league. Yeah. Story we've had that. we've probably interacted and assisted in some way shape or form even if it's not a full fitting over 100 MLB players in one way shape or form it definitely I've been coaching golf full-time for a long time now 
it's taken a long time to get 26 yeah. PGA Tour players to come yeah. through. And uh, I mean, yeah. obviously the 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 help that Marucci's provided has been phenomenal, and just the brand allows uh, helps with the the technology and the research that we've well, done. It's been awesome to have a partner that's willing to make the freaking crazy ass bats that we exactly. ask them to just to experiment. When that's part of the buy-in, sure. I'm I'm talking like the some of these players they come in and like they're and I know you mentioned it. The biggest worry for you walking in with all the, the candy with, cane, with bats, candy yeah, cane yeah, yeah. bats, all these different colors, our first visit to a uh, to a complex and nobody batted an eye at it. Most guys thought it was kind of cool. Obviously, none of these colors they'd actually be able to use in a game. But then now we start yeah, doing crazy been, stuff with bats, and it's been surprising how much. Yeah, it's it's been crazy how much people want it, you know. And and I think the I think the big advantage really that we have there is, you know, applying the trial and error of fitting golfers around the world for the last 20 years definitely yeah. gives us a leg up in terms of, you know, process and logical buy-in to the customer. Okay, so let's go next one. Um, biggest prediction for what? What's the what's? The, what do you think you're going to learn in the next year that you don't know now? How specific do you want me to go with that? As specific as you want in less than seventy-five words. I believe grip strength matters, not for why we think it does, and I think even more important is individual finger strength and where those finger strengths okay. are. Okay, all right, that's some detail. All right, Liam, time for a couple questions for you. Okay, all right, all right, pick on the golf guy. Right, so with your uh, extensive baseball knowledge that you've now acquired over the past six I months. Was really good at getting home runs hit off me. In <laughs> Uh, now that you've started going from the going to the other side on the offensive side and looking into some bats, mm -hmm. what is the one thing that you're most surprised about? The one thing that you've learned? Well, I tell you what, that's that's pretty easy. You know, it goes right back to the second day ever testing. You know, dealing with Todd Nissel, uh, the school teacher that managed to put up a 114 exit velocity off a tee. Wild, wild. Uh, dude but the way he was like talking about stuff what I learned that day and what I see is the biggest opportunity for the future is the reality that the fundamental properties of a baseball bat are measured after its construction and when I say fundamental properties I mean things like distribution of mass and moment of inertia as opposed to the way the golf industry has evolved which is actually where the product is designed to specific performance properties such as distribution of mass and moment of inertia. I believe that, you know, within the next one to two years, we will see baseball bats being designed with performance in mind as opposed to uh, historical preference. All right, one final question for you. Um, so I'm going to ask you one of the questions you asked me. What is the one thing that you see or you can, if you if you could predict the future, mm -hmm. what's the one thing you think we're going to learn, or the one thing that you're excited uh, to maybe look into? Well, I, I think that you're going to see companies begin to design their metal bat lines, really more based around progressing an athlete through the same model year over year. You know what I mean by that is a, a more linear increase 
in the overall mass of more uniform progression in the distribution of mass matching the midsection of the bat diameter to the length of the bat in order to have uniform flats across different lengths within the same model. You know, what I mean by that is if I believe that in the near future, if I take a 32, 33, and 34 inch BB core bat, that we will do the research. So the 32 has the narrowest neck, the 33 has a slightly wider neck, the 34 has the widest neck, and they all have the same BPI. And what that will mean is that the player can independently move from bat to bat, and they will have absolutely no change to the technical or timing properties of their swing. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think? That sounds... All right, well, anyway, hopefully that gives you an idea of the type of things we're going to talk about. I can tell you the group of people that we get to talk to are nothing short of fascinating. And, uh, yeah, look forward to having you tune in for many more episodes. It's not a pilot, and it's not a episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. Emergency questions. <laughs> or think. random thoughts like of the day. Random, yeah, random. I'll try and come up with. Random conspiracies of baseball. Mm. Baseball conspiracies. That's a hot topic. Oh, boy. I'm going to throw that one out. That'll get conversation going. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome to welcome them to an episode of Baseball Decoded. Oh, things are looking up. There we go. But I want Maybe to... Uh, what is this? It's like... I'm trying to think. It's not an appendix. It's not a... It's not the... Saurus, it's not ooh. Lanyard. It, it's a Louisiana word for a little something extra. I was thinking like the glossary. Ooh. You know, so it's it's like yeah. support it's to support. Because really we're just gonna try and give them an idea of what the heck we're gonna be we're gonna be doing. It's a prequel. Preface. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll just call it a prequel. Yeah. And we'll pretend that we haven't launched it yet. <laughs> I like it. It's kind of like right. Star Wars, doesn't it? Start like middle series and then later yeah, series yeah. and the beginning series. There, man, I knew we did this for a reason. It it's, it's way easier to introduce something after you've created the first five or six episodes. It is true. <laughs> right? Because you know what it's about now. All right. So I think then I think when we do the introduction, I should just introduce myself. And then you introduce yourself and then like unprompted. And then I'll just kind of take it back over and then we'll see what the fuck happens. Uh-huh. It's so silent in here. It's, it's weird, right? It's kind of creepy. I'm not used to this. Hi, my name's Liam Mucklow. Okay, let's try that again. So I'll introduce myself and then you introduce yourself unprompted. Okay. Wait, so just, you're just saying your name, that's it? 
Yeah. Oh, and okay, then perfect. you introduce yourself. Okay. And we got this on record. So this is actually going to stay in the episode. Ready? Perfect. <laughs> I like it. Hi, I'm Liam Mucklow. Hi, I'm Micah Gibbs. And I'd like to welcome you. Oh, shit. We should welcome them, shouldn't we? Ah, yes. All right. Let's do that. Let's try again. Here we go. Take Third three. time's a charm. Hi, I'm Liam Mucklow. Hi, I'm Micah Gibbs. And we'd and like to welcome, welcome you, you to, to the, baseball what, the prequel, prequel of Baseball Decoded. Baseball Decoded. There All right, are we going full-on harmonized intro? I think so. So, okay, let's rehab. Okay, so we're, we want to welcome you. Yeah, I was thinking to, you would introduce yourself, and then I'd just go, we'd like to welcome you to the prequel to a podcast we're considering making called Baseball Decoded. Okay, I'm gonna say that exact same thing. No, no, oh, no. Okay. I'm just. I was. I was just gonna talk and then and, and then try and set a little bit of a table and start answering some questions. Oh, okay. like basically, I then I'm gonna go in straight like into conspiracy theory. Perfect. Love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this should be interesting. Yeah.